How can you get paid for who you are and not just what you do? On today's episode of The Success Code, let's bring it in. Welcome to The Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking The Success Code. Success Code. Hi everybody, it's your boy Roy Red, four-time best-selling author, internationally recognized speaker, and your host of this show, The Success Code. And today I'm super excited. I told you guys, as I build my audience, I'm going to start bringing on friends, people that are really doing things in the world. And I always get in this argument with people. People think that social media influencers aren't making money, that they just have a that they're just popular and that they're just posting pictures. No, social media influencers are actually running a business. They're actually getting paid for who they are and not what they do. So today I want to introduce you guys to a friend, social media influencer. He uh, is an influencer on skin, on fitness, on wellness. Uh, My boy, Brandon Mitch, man. What's up, brother? What's good, Roy? What's good, man? (laughs) First, I want to say thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Um, I've been watch. I've been watching you for years. You know what I'm saying. Even back from before I started working out, I remember just <laughs> going to hang out with hit like little kickbacks. And I'm always that dude who watched someone who's real good at something. So I'll see like you take your shirt off and be like, "Yo, I need to hit this gym. Like, <laughs> like I need to get like this dude. Like, I just be sitting in the corner. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, when you're young, you don't really go and be like, "Yo, you you got a nice body," but. I used to just be like looking like, yeah, I gotta hit the gym and get and get my abs and chest <laughs> up like this dude, man. So what up, Brandon, man? Yo, tell the people uh who you are, what you do, man. Yo, what's good everybody? So my name is Brandon Mitch. Um, I do a lot of stuff on social media influencing right now. Um, working more into like the digital entrepreneur space, so doing some stuff with some courses and stuff like that. But uh mainly right now I run a men's lifestyle page with a very big focus on men's skincare. Men's lifestyle, men's wellness, just everything pretty much space, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. This has been a an interesting journey uh-huh. as far as uh, you know, getting into uh so being an influencer, especially being a male, because there's not too many guys you see doing that. So um yeah, man, it's been pretty it's been a pretty interesting couple of years, you know. So I wanna touch on that real quick since you brought it up that you're a male. So I follow your page and, you know, I know you, so I know it's nothing by it, but I watch your comments and people who follow (laughs) you and like, like, how does that work? Like, dude, you get like people trolling you because you do the skincare and that stuff because you you're I I know you, you're a athletic masculine dude. Uh, Do you ever get trolls for that? Uh, Yeah, I get a lot of trolls. Even (laughs) for the skincare stuff, I was getting trolls. Uh, I guess you just got to, you know, it comes with the job, you know, you just kind of got to take it. You build up, you know, a filter to where you're able just to, you know, you see it and it's just not even second nature. You're just like, okay, it's trash, junk mail. Yeah. Yo, you you better than me. I I talk back. I I can't stand it. Oh, I only yeah, got one I or two. <laughs> you actually got a lot of them. <laughs> so tell me your story, man. How'd you, how'd you decide to do this and uh, get into it? Um, I know... It's probably been with the skin scare stuff. Man, it's been a while. It's been a lot solid three, two, three years that you've been doing that, right? Uh, skincare is about a year now. Uh, it's been, but yeah, I've been going pretty steady on that. Um, what was the question? The first part, my bad. How'd you get into it? Like, what's your story behind um, starting Getting to really influencer? build a business online? 
Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you from the start when, um, you know, earlier off, like when I was doing like a lot more modeling yeah. when I was younger, uh, bro, I wasn't making any money. Yeah. Like I wasn't making any money. So, um, I was really trying to figure out because, you know, I like the whole space of being able to, you know, to create and, you know, just being able to create art. Like I've always been in the arts. So I was like, okay, I need to figure this out because this feels right to me. You know, mm-hmm. even though I'm not making money with this, you know, there's another route. Yeah. So, you know. It was a couple of years, you know, I tried to go in with an agency, try to get in with an agency. And it was like the typical conversation, like, yo, your pictures are good, but we already kind of have like our guys, meaning like, you know, they two black guys that they had. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. So it was kind of like, and we look out for, you know, our guys, those two, and we can't really bring any more on board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was always the thing of like really getting a lot of no's. So I was like, how can I take these pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, use something, do something with these pictures I got. So, you know. I started off just putting stuff on Facebook and, you know, that kind of helped me really build like, you know, an audience. Then uh, Instagram came out and I was like, okay, I'll just dump these pictures on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, the longer Instagram was around, you start hearing about people making money on Instagram. And I'm like, I mean, I got some pretty dope pictures. So I'm like, (laughs) there needs to be a way, you know, I can figure this out. So yeah, I just kind of jumped down a rabbit hole after that. And it was just like a couple of years of just researching, finding out what works, what didn't work, you know, what I needed. Uh, skills I needed to develop, you know, it's just deep rabbit hole uh-huh. and brought me here today. Uh, how long did it take you to really learn how to dial in the business aspect and uh, really building up to where you're earning money uh, as an influencer? Uh, I want to say about two years mm-hmm. because in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, it was just a thing of like just putting stuff out and kind of seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's not really anywhere you can really go to really find all the information you really need on this uh, topic. So, you know, it's really just a thing of like Google. Uh, you talk to a couple of people here. You might find somebody who does some uh, digital marketing. You talk to them. Then, you know, kind of, you know, doors kind of start opening up. I found this uh, really useful uh, courses that I was taking from a general assembly. Uh-huh. And they have this in uh, Santa Monica. And I, the other one is downtown. And they have a bunch of different classes on a whole bunch of different stuff, uh, social media marketing and all that kind of stuff. Hopped in there, learned some stuff as far as like marketing and what they were doing with like big uh, companies. Yeah. And I was okay. So I got a lot of work I got to do, mm-hmm. and that's when I started to revamp everything. Okay. Okay. Um. So so it took you about two years of really deep diving, really learning, and mm-hmm. um for everyone who's listening, I'm talking to my boy Brandon Mitch. We're talking about how you can make money for who you are and not just what you do. And we're just talking to Brandon about it, how it took him two years to learn how to make money as a social media influencer. And what we're going to show you guys how to do at the end of the episode is Brandon's going to give you an opportunity to cut in your learning curve. What took him two years, he's going to show you how to do in how long is your course, Brandon? Uh, my course is a little over, a little over two hours, a little over two hours. So, that's the power of getting coaching. That's the power of of learning and transferring what someone knows to someone else. For a couple hundred bucks, Brandon's going to show you how you can take two years and do what he did and learn everything in two hours. But before we it's get to that, so long, uh, be it's real a with you. longer, longer than uh, two years. That was just the part of the courses. But yeah, bumping my head and like experience like that uh-huh. all together has been about six, about six. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's crazy because um I'm doing a fireside chat at a I, well I spoke at Stanford two years ago and I'm doing a fireside chat in August at Stanford, 
Okay. And, you know, it's it's crazy how our, you know, our family, our parents don't really know what we do. <laughs> like they be like, <laughs> how do you be getting money? Like I see you good, but how are you? So I was like, you talking at what do you what do you talk to them about at Stanford? And I'm like, you know, I just give them some perspective on this and that. But why would they want to talk to you? And that's the thing. It took me ten years to learn something, and I'm just compressing it and giving them my perspective over what I learned. And the same thing with you. You're taking everything you learn, compressing it, teaching exactly. people what matters so that you can go and make money doing that um, right now. So, Brent, I want to ask you, because I was just curious about this. Um, okay. Putting out good content and building up your your page. Now, I saw you. I've been watching you over the course of a couple of years doing it organically what is the most important part of doing that and proactively bringing in leads and, and followers? As far as a part of building the followers, yeah, um, it's I don't want to say it's hard to necessarily get leads because it's like, you know, you can easily I want to I don't want to you can get leads from like working with other influencers or working with other photographers, you know, you know, cross networking, working with them. They put your work up on their page. Yeah. People reaching out to you like, yo, I seen what you did, which, you know, such and such, you know, I think we should work. Um, even a thing of like just building the page of understanding, you know, why people are on social media and what people are actually looking for when they come to, you know, say a profile. You know, the reason why they're on a profile. Yeah. Um, that's something that you you really have to think about if you're really trying to get, you know, more followers, because you maybe have 10 seconds from the person. The person clicks your link and looks at the profile. They're going to kind of skim. And they're going to look at the first couple of pictures and see if they like it, you know, then decide whether they want to follow you or not. Yeah. So it's really a thing of like, you know, really being, you know, secure in what you're doing and knowing exactly what you're doing. Because I realized in the beginning I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I would do this. I would try that. I would go over here and do this. And it didn't necessarily work because, you know, I was all over the place. Yeah. And that's really when I started to notice, like, you know, the followers, the likes, the comments. They wasn't, you know, doing what I thought they should be doing with the numbers I had. Yeah. But, you know, once I found fine tuned, found, you know, a really good category, mm-hmm. found you know, the right marketing scheme, you know, as far as that mm-hmm. working with certain people, collaborating with other people, uh, pitching yourself to brands like pitching myself to brands. You know, you get leads and stuff like that as well, yeah. you know, just from building up relationships. Yeah. You know, I um, when I did my first TED talk, my account grew from like three thousand to like ten thousand. And, and it grew a little more after I did Stanford and then I did a um I did a uh thing where um some influencers came to me and were like yo we're gonna do we're gonna give away like a free cell phone and some money and do a giveaway and what they do in the giveaway is have people follow you and then if they prove that if they follow you and then they like post certain stuff then they hop in the giveaway and they could possibly get the phone or whatever so that's how I kind of grew my page. But what I noticed about mine is, is my audience isn't, it's all over the place. It's not niched out to um, a specific audience. So that's why I want to ask you, how do you choose a specific audience and how important is it to have a niche audience? The best I found from my experience, because uh, let's say my niche was skincare, which is, you know, it's really random, but, you know, it works. Um, you have to think about stuff that, you know, you kind of do just second nature, because when you get when it comes to creating content, you don't want it to feel like a job where it's like 
dang, I got to go, you know, over here, shoot this kind of stuff. You want to have fun or you want to, you know, enjoy doing it. It should be something that you're already going to do. You're just recording it yeah. and you're just showing the world. And that's where, you know, it comes a lot more authentic because it's just something you normally already do. Yeah. So um, I found that that really helps a lot when, it, you know, creating the niche. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something that you really ne- uh, resonate with. And the thing with the Instagram, you know, a lot of us get caught up on the thing of like needing a big follower account. And that's not necessarily what you really want, you know, because you want people who are engaging, who are actually talking. You want to build a community up. You know, if you just have a whole bunch of really high numbers, but the community isn't there, it's, you know, it's like a broken community, you know. But if you know you have like a cool follower account, but you have that engagement, you know, you can ask people, you can uh, set up calls to actions. And when you put these out, you know, you have people that, you know, they respond to these call to actions. If you have that, I think if you can focus a lot more on that. And like building the page up to where it has a niche and you get these people who actually enjoy the niche just as much as you and you create that community. Yeah. That's what in uh, term really helps you grow. And it's more genuine and more authentic, you know, compared to just getting like a big, vast number of followers really quick. And, you know, them still trying to figure out who and what you are, you know, in that space. Yeah. But if you got that niche down, people already know why they're there and why they're following you. Yeah. Um my uh one of my mentors and my friend Adam says there's three things you got to have in a business people got to know what you do they got to trust you and they got to like you yep <laughs> i i now if anyone says anything about skincare like you hop right into my head like i'll be <laughs> like at work or somewhere out and about and people you know how those random conversations come up like yo i got this on my face or yo my <laughs> skin is dry or man cuz um um, I'm uh, got a lot of nurse friends like, yo, my hands are cracked. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> like the first thing I do is like, yo, you got to follow this page like this dude. And you're the first person that pops into my mind. And um, when I was thinking about this interview and thinking about that, I was like, I was like, yo, dudes really built a brand because that's what a brand is. It's when the first thing it's the first thing you think about when you think about a topic or a category. And when I think of skincare, I don't think of nothing but you, you know what I'm saying? And like, nobody really knows like as much about skincare as you do, which leads to my next question. How'd you learn so much about skincare? Is it just over the years, just trying stuff? Yeah, honestly, it's been a lot over the years. I was really into it in high school. My, it was something my grandmother told me. I think I was like nine mm-hmm. and she was like, always take care of your skin. Yeah. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. And she gave me like these, um, it's like a face oil. They come in like these little like beaded capsules. You can still find them like at Macy's. Yeah, yeah. But she was like, start putting these on your face when you get out the shower. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so it kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, in high school, you know, quite naturally, we all went through puberty. So, you know, you have acne, breakouts and stuff like that you're really dealing with. So for me, I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out because I had like my skin would be tripping. It'd be dry one day. I'd be peeling. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to figure this out. So, um. Yeah, it kind of just became second nature, like brushing my teeth, you know, at that point. You know, I'm like, I wash my body, wash my hair, you know, brush my teeth, you know, and wash my face and do the whole thing. Do the whole um, yeah. Yeah, I got roasted last night because I was talking with my <laughs> homies and I was like, I was like, yeah, I get pedicures every month. And they were like, what? Like trying to like roast me. Uh-huh. Or like that, like they were like, yo, you're like a pretty boy, like you're Metro. And I'm like, no, that's not. I was like, that's not pretty boy Metro. Like, you got to get your toes done. You have I to. Story. I told him the story, like, kind of, I guess you kind of, we kind of got the same story. My mom took me aside when I was a kid, like, yo, 
I want this. Is what I want you to do? Go look at your dad's feet. <laughs> I came back like, yo, I don't want, I don't want to be like that. And she was like, so you need to start going with me to get your toes done. And she forced me to start going, and it's uncomfortable the first two times, but then you get used to it. And now, like you know, for a dude, I got nice feet, so I'd be like, I don't have no problems wearing those sandals, nothing. <laughs> and it's like, it's not even like a weird thing. It's just like you just got to take care of those simple stuff. Um, on your body and so that's when it hit me when I was watching one of your videos um, I struggled with dry skin you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I'm like yo my Same. skin I'm like hey do I moisturize because when I moisturize I feel like my skin gets oily and then you broke it down uh, what to use uh, what to do but um, yeah man it's mad important it's mad important for doing that it's that masculinity thing bro it's yeah grow up with that you know if you you know take too much care of yourself you know that scene is feminine you know you want to make sure your feet are clean that's feminine if you're trying to make sure you know your beard or whatever is like super clean and crisp you know that's feminine get out the mirror and it's like that's just old you know it's just old frame of thinking we just you know we just was raised with that yeah it's weird too uh, so me me and one of my friends was shooting our shot at this girl she cute uh -huh. and um you know, me just naturally, I'm like, oh, I got her. This is easy. You, you, I was like, bro, just chill. You're like, but she ended up, she ended up actually like going with him. And then later on, I found out that she said I was too, she said I was too pretty boyish. Like, oh, he dresses too nice. He, his haircut and everything's too perfect. I was like, what? I was like, I was like. Uh, we ain't even gonna go there. We ain't even gonna go there and talk Real about quick. that. You know, I don't know. We're not gonna. Like, well, you want me to be dirty? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And it's like, I, for me, it's like, I know this is not what we're talking about, but I'm just like, one thing, I'm going to leave it there. But it's like, I feel like just like how we know men, how we get insecure when we see like a really attractive woman, yeah. you know, a woman, a woman can get the same way when they see a really attractive dude, you know, and we'll make excuses for like, why? Like, you know, my money not right. I can't go over and talk to her. It's the same thing with them. They do with us. It's like, oh, he too. Nah, I'm gonna go over here with this where it's comfortable. It's I like they just rejection. like us. I don't want that rejection. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so reaching out to brands. Mm -hmm. What do brands really care about when they want to work with you? Is it follower numbers? Is it niche? What do they really care about when you say, "Hey, I can get eyeballs on your on your uh, products." Uh, it's more so the community of the group of people you have, you know, like I was saying that community um, because, you know, if they see, you know, you make a post about, uh, you know, let's say you're you know, doing some fitness stuff mm -hmm. and uh, you talk about really being um, active with working with resistance bands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your whole page is like, let's say let's break a page down. Let's do like a niche thing real quick. So it's a fitness page. It's fitness. And then um, let's say their niche is a huge focus on uh, resistance bands, mm -hmm. everything bands, uh, bands. So. They're like, okay, I make this video, you know, I get a lot of comments and stuff and brands will see account with, you know, talking about the product and they look at the comments and they see like, yo, like people are actually talking about this. People are actually interested. Yeah. They're more likely to work with that person compared to the person who has a high follower account. And maybe they kind of post a little bit of everything, uh -huh. you know, and maybe a thing sometimes, don't get me wrong. There are brands that just want to work with the people who have the big follower account, yeah. but the brands who actually really understand like how this space works is like. Oh, you want people who are actually interested in this looking at this. Yeah. Bless you. Looking at this. So from my experience, they really like the engagement. If the engagement is there, they're more likely to work with you. Okay. So alignment, alignment. Because mm -hmm. I know you have um 
on the skincare skincare brand you have was called Mask Night. And yeah. Is, uh, I look, you know, I look forward and I look through them. And this is where you have different type of mask. You use different brands, uh, masks on your face and you'll give a review. You'll break down what you should do, how to wash your skin, how to get rid of blackhead, all of that stuff, breaking it down from A to Z. Um, mm. So I would imagine that those brands will reach out to you or those brands would be interested in sending you their mask. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And how, exactly. how often is mask night? Um, I've been kind of, you know, since quarantine, it's kind of been a little slow. Yeah. Um, but I was usually doing it like twice a month. So I've gotten up to, I believe I'm at 12 right now. And I would do like, yeah, two a month. Sometimes, sometimes I would do like other videos, like, um, stuff I had to like wash your face and stuff. So it might be like one that month, but usually I try to pump out two a month. Okay. So we just had a bunch of people just, just jumped on. If you just jumped on, I'm talking to my boy, Brandon Mitch, and we're talking about how to get paid for who you are and not just what you do. So, you know, all those people who are social media influencers that you think just be posting booty pictures. No, <laughs> there's people out there who actually run a business, who actually give an information and are actually working with big brands to share their products and make a cool living doing it. And so Brandon was just tell we were just talking about how to reach out to brands and what brands, big brands care about. And Brandon does a mask night. And on mask night, he breaks down exactly what to do for your face, how to do a mask, why you should be doing a mask, uh, which got me to do my first mask. Well, it wasn't that bad. It was a little bit time consuming, but, can't be. but I can totally see how I can, how important it is to put it in to my life into my routine and you just got to schedule it and block the time mm -hmm. um so i want to ask you reaching out to brands um so you have the skincare niche but you also have the workout niche and then now you're going into the the educational niche um do you find your audience wants these things so you uh add them or do you go into uh, different niches as well. How does that kind of collide and work together? Uh, very good question. Uh, well, I came out doing one thing as far as just strictly fashion. Yeah. Then, you know, kind of as you, you know, if you don't necessarily have a really a game plan of what you're doing with your page, you might bounce around, you know, from time to time what you're posting. Yeah. So I kind of bounced around from fitness to fashion. Then, you know, I just started recently doing the skincare and now more educational. And it's just been additions because, you know, some people may ask me or I might start doing something mm -hmm. because I'm, I want to see if it works just to try it out. Yeah. And uh, if it works, like, you know, I usually leave it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why with lifestyle, the men's lifestyle, it was really easy for me to, you know, kind of niche it down. Yeah. Because once people get to know you for one category, you can kind of like start to break off into subcategories and do other stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because um, I always hear, you know, don't try to do too many things. But then mm -hmm. I hear people say, it's fine. That's an entrepreneur's mind. Do it all. Um, I always struggled with that um, that thought process and that question is, can I do it all? Should I focus on one thing? Because like right now I'm working with athletes, business owners, and doing the speaking. And the speaking was really taking off and everything else I was trying to build up. But um, what would you say... Do you say, do you, would you say you could do it all or would you say you got a niche into one or? I would say. Perspective on that. Yeah, I would definitely say starting out and like trying to get, you know, 
you know, build an audience to get people to actually trust you and, you know, trust you, I would say start off with one niche. Yeah. I would always say stick to the one that your strongest niche, because that's something people always identify you with. Yeah. Um, especially if it's something like you like doing If If you don't like it or you're tired of doing it, you know, by all means, you know, cut it, cut dead weight. But if it's something you actually really like, I would say always revisit that and always remind people, you know, why you actually came to me. You got to remind people why they trusted you, you know, and I feel like I feel like if you can start off with one niche and you can go into the other ones and people like it, always go back to that one that, you know, you know, that pretty that got you that big audience. Remind them, yo, this is why you trust me. This is why you listen to what I say, because, you know, this. Yeah. So it's just a thing like reminding people why you're there. OK. Um, what inspires you? Where do you go to to? Where does the swag champ go to get his ideas? You know, is there magazines? Is there people you watch? Where do you draw an inspiration um, for fashion and wellness and stuff like that? Um, I used to really be into the magazines, but I've, you know, with social media, you can kind of find everything anywhere nowadays. So, yeah, I like I'm really like a fear of God, uh, Jerry Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love, you know, that man's style. Like, I feel like he's. He's taken something that I've always liked wearing, like hoodies, T-shirts, jeans, you know, vintage T-shirts, and he's made it fashionable. And I was wearing vintage T-shirts back in like 2006. I was driving out to the valley to pick up shirts. So it's like like now that that's been made and seen as like, you know, this is fashion, you know, that's I love that. You know, Um, Kid Cudi, I've always liked his style was a little, you know, little skateboard, you know, a little suburb, but still urban. And, you know. Where we grew up, you know, it was pretty much the suburbs, but, you know, we was urban kids, too, at the same time. So I really connected with that. Um, I just honestly, it's everywhere. I go to there's a couple of girl pages I go to. I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, your aesthetic is killing it. Like, I need this on my page. Um, it's from everywhere, man. Yeah. It's from everywhere. I feel like if you can pull inspiration from everywhere, like you'll never run out of ideas. You know, you'll never run out of ideas because there's people everywhere you can pull stuff from. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's jump into some more of the uh, the deeper questions. Um, All right. <laughs> what's a quote you live by or a quote you that you really feels like is uh, how you are? Quote. Um, I don't remember word for word. It was this one Instagram. This girl had wrote this quote. I was from one of her books and she said the way she worded it. But I'm sure you've heard it, is like in order to make diamonds, you really you need extreme an extreme amount of pressure. Yeah. And. You know, that's something I really, really resonated with me because it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel like I don't like the way stuff is going or, you know, money may be tight. Uh, money may be tight, you know, it's because it's like I'm starting something new, something completely new. Yeah. And it's like but in order to get to where you want to go, it's like you got to go through these baby steps. You got to go through these hard points in life, you know, to figure out, you know, how to work through these situations. So, you know, when you get to these big spots, you cool. So for me, I really like that one. You need pressure. I feel like everybody needs a little bit of pressure. Yeah, I always actually um, talk about talk about this with like friends of mine and just just try to share perspectives. So what do you think um, gets people like like us to be disciplined and handle that pressure and and go through it? I I always say it's sports because as when you're mm. playing sports, <laughs> you remember being trash at your sport and then you remember being good. Yeah. <laughs> remember the process and it just comes down to, yo, I was trash. And so, but I could get good if I just practice. So what do you think, where do you think that comes from? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. With sports, that definitely, 
plays a, a, a big role into it. It's even like, you know, the thing of like conditioning, like, you know, running. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, coach, I'm tired. <laughs> and he like, we got five more. We got six more since you want to complain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that thing always reminded you, it's like, okay, I don't feel like I got, you know, anything left in the tank, but it's always more. Yeah. It's always more. So, yeah, I feel like sports, you know, that definitely, that definitely helps give you, you know, that little chip. And, you know, your parents, too. Yeah. You know, if your parents are always teaching you and talking to you like that, you know, it becomes just second nature. Yeah, I remember uh, when I went to paramedic school, the first day of class, the paramedic was like, only uh, five of you are going to pass this class and and uh, four of y'all repeat. Only one of you are going to pass it your first time. And that was the stats. And I was like, yo, like, why is this so hard? Like, man, I'm smart. But then yeah. I found out that an 85% is a D minus, like is a C minus. So you got to get an 85% to pass. Like that's the way they do it, which makes sense. Cause you don't want people, no medics that don't know what they're doing. Right. So okay. Most <laughs> of them that pass are repeats and most people fail. So it's like, I was, I remember coming back home and telling my mom like, yo, I'm going to probably have to take this class again. She was like, why do you say that? And I was like, yo, uh, there's 50 people in the class. Um, every year only six people pass and like five of them are repeats and only one person makes it their first time. She was like, oh, that's cool. You that one person. I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, what you mean? Like, she was like, she was like, you better figure that shit out. Like, <laughs> she was like, your ain't head, no room though. for failure around here. Come around here yeah. without uh, passing that class and get that head knocked. <laughs> it's like, it's just different, bro. It's like, you know, yeah. Ray's different. So, yeah, man. Um, we got a comment. Uh, Vic said, "What up, y'all? I'm just here for the free game, yo. Thank you, <laughs> thank good, you, Vic? appreciate it." <laughs> Vic Damone, we remember Vic from back in the day. Yeah, and he's really he's really doing his thing. Uh, what is success success to you? What is a successful life to you? If you're looking at life, what is success? Success is, you know, success to me is being able to do whatever you want to make money and then not feel like a job. Yeah. You know, like you're comfortable with money, but you like what you do. You know, it's not, dang, I got to go to this meeting. Damn, I got to go over here and do this. Like you happy to do it, you know, yeah. and it, it gives you energy to do it. Doesn't It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't make you feel like you're drained. You know, you're tired at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you can keep going three, four in the morning. It's like, I'm good. I can keep editing. Like, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. You, you know, it's, for me, you that's success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I work with my athletes, I have a whole exercise we go through where I teach them that, where I tell them, you're never really tired. You're just doing things that are draining your energy because it's not what you should be doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think the the quote, good, good quote I read on that was, Mo, uh, was, uh, was it Mozart? Who played the piano? Who was like the best piano player ever? Beethoven. Beethoven. He's, they said yeah. Beethoven ain't never carried a piano. You know what I'm saying? All he did was play that motherfucker. So he was like, it's true. That shit that you don't like doing, you got to stop doing. You got to only be doing the stuff that gives you energy. So that's clutch. That's super clutch. Um, So being a black man, I just want to touch on this real quick. Most definitely. We talked about the masculine thing, and you know we just we just struggle with a lot. Um, How do you feel about today's social climate? Um, And I'll just start off by saying, I've been now I've been trying to figure out how to how to help, but 
just my energy's been angry the last couple weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't even I can't even walk by a Karen without without being annoyed. So I just put my head down and stay quiet. But um, what uh, can you just give us your perspective and uh, how you feel and how how you how are you walking and maneuvering through these streets right now? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, bro. I'm not gonna lie at all. Like I feel the same way. Like I go outside. I don't trust nobody. You know. <laughs> Like it's and it's like it sucks to say and it's like I even caught myself but I'm like I'm eyeing everybody like everybody's a potential threat at this point you know yeah. and um you know I hate that feeling um because it's like you know not everybody's a threat you know yeah. but it's like we kind of been forced in this you know this corner to where we kind of feel like this now because it's like you got people being hung they trying to say it's suicide it's like. Bro, I don't know. We don't trust kill ourselves. I'm, I was trying to tell that to the white home yesterday. I said, my people don't. Well, I mean, obviously some do, but we we don't do that. Even if we grab that rope, we the type to be like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, with a, with a rope? <laughs> like, nah. We're yeah. not going to do it with a rope, man. Yeah. We're not going to do it with a rope. So, And even just the way they're trying to like downplay it like it's suicide. It's like. Yeah, yeah, all, uh, but it's it's like it's not all of them, you know. Yeah. And that's like I had to catch myself because it's like I get there and it's like B, it's not all of them, you know that. Yeah. And it's like yeah, but it's like even when I'm out, it's like you don't know who you can trust and who you can't nowadays. But it's like I just I see how stuff is getting better. Like I went to the protest, you know, I seen it was very um, diverse as far as the protest in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, I want to say like two weeks ago, not the last one, but it was another big one in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, it was very diverse, you know. It was it was cool to see. I just hope, like I said, this is not like a fad and people are just like riding this way because this is what everybody's talking about right now. Yeah. And nobody wants to feel like, you know, they're going to get scrutinized for not speaking up. So they say something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird time, man. I'm just trying to see who's really down and who's not, honestly, at this point. I think, yeah, that's what I've been doing, too, is trying to watch to see who's really for you. Um, people that are quiet. I don't know. That's it's weird. I, it's weird. I've been trying to tell myself everybody ain't got to say everything about everything, but I I couldn't see someone. I can't be walking and see someone getting beat up and just not be like, yo, 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 chill, chill, chill. Like, yeah, I I just can't be that way. So I don't know, man. I'm really out I, here. I and then you start to see everything, like how you get treated in the store. Like my dad was saying one time, he was like, God damn, he was like. I'm, He's like, I'm over 50 and they still following me in the store. Like, (laughs) like it's bad. And then I was watching, uh, I was walking uh, Sir Juice, Uncle Juice store the other day. And just (laughs) the little things that are happening to him. And like, it's rough out here, man. It's rough. Yeah, it is, man. You know, and it's like, you think like 2020, we would be past that. But I feel like for, you know, I think the majority of the black community and like a lot of the world, I mean, the black community, we've always had eyes, but I feel like the majority of the world, like everybody's finally starting to get that 2020 vision where, no, y'all see everything. Yeah. Like you see everything for what it is. And that, I feel like that's where we're at now. And I'm really happy. That's the thing where I'm like, I'm really happy because it's like we got not just black people opening their eyes to what's going on. You know, it's white people, it's Asian people, it's everybody, you know, is taking uh, accountability and speaking up. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I really do. I know the community. We all appreciate that. Yeah, uh, my boy Aries. I interviewed him in the last interview before this one, and he works for LAPD. 
and we had kind of had a conversation after the interview and he just told me straight up he said he said bro they're, they're scared of you. they're scared of us he's like i've been in the lapd for a decade now that he's like they're legit scared he, he was like because they know he was like he was like if they can't fight or if they're scared of you he was like they just go straight to forceful uh weapons and he was like a lot of them don't know how to talk they don't know how to banter like yeah you know, you know what i'm saying like i know when i used to be on the on the ambulance when we had 5150 patients so i used to just roast people i used to just be like <laughs> bro what's good with your shirt bro why your shirt tore up <laughs> like that bro you, bro you out here looking ugly and like that would bring the stress level down just the banter and just stuff like that so uh-huh. um i believe we're moving towards greater days and um um although a lot of us want privacy i kind of like the not having privacy a little bit cuz just it's okay be you but i want to know who you are i don't yeah. want to i don't want to think you my homie but deep down you you dropping that n word in your self talk all day like <laughs> you know what i mean so and I agree. Yeah, it is what it is. Social media so, definitely exposes a lot of people. Everything. You can't do nothing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, a so lot. Is there anything that I should have asked you that someone um, will want to know? Yeah. Um, I was actually going to make a video on this, but I'll, I'll talk with you on it. Okay. Um, so let's say, you know, for people who are still kind of, you know, thinking about the influencer thing and thinking if it's something really, you know, obtainable. Mm-hmm. I want you to think of this because... You have these brands that work with, you know, they work with the influencers and they work with, let's say they not, they're not working with influencers and they want to work, you know, shoot a commercial. You know, they have to spend money on getting you know, a crew out, spend money on getting equipment, spend money on getting uh, the location, bringing all these things together and making this, you know, an actual, you know, thing. Then creating a, a final product and presenting it, you know, to us to watch on TV, Instagram or whatever that is. And, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, the influencer space, you know, a lot more stuff is going digital, you know, and they're using a lot more people there. You see ads all the time on social media. Um, So this is the thing you need, you know, you should be thinking about, you know, as far as like getting into that space It's like there's money out there for you because in a sense is you're just a billboard at that point. You're a billboard for whatever brand, you know, you may work with or, you know, your brand aligns with. So think of that. Think of, like, like I said, that big chunk that they would spend on that. You can be getting a piece of that just producing your own content or producing, you know, something really dope that the brand could use to help, you know, market, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. they're selling at that point in time. Yeah. And um, a lot of times, uh, I don't want to say a lot of times brand take advantage of you, but, you know, they'll come to you with offers because a lot of the times, like, people don't understand this space. Like I said, there's not one place you can really go to get all the information except for my course. that I put that in. But, you know, more so now, it's not really a one spot where you can go and ask questions. And the thing is now is that these brands are using like the content that we produce and they'll do like paid advertisements or they'll try to run. um, I've even heard of brands asking to use people's Facebook uh, groups to actually run advertisements through. And let's say you are working with the brand, you should be charging way more, if not double maybe three times the amount because it's like you built this audience and you created this piece of content. Mm-hmm. If they're putting money behind a piece of content you've created, mm-hmm. they need to be paying you way more. They need to be buying the rights to the content because at that point you just, you just shot something for them for let's say 500, mm-hmm. $750 and they're using this to market, you know, their next campaign for the summer. And you know, you barely got anything compared to them shooting a commercial that commercial might've cost like 30 to 40 grand to make. Yeah. 
So you, when it comes to that kind of stuff or when, you know, brands are asking you these kind of questions, you need to ask brands, are you going to use, and pay, use this for paid advertisements? Or are you guys, are you guys trying to use my Facebook? Because they'll ask if they can use your Facebook crew. Yeah. But when they ask you all this stuff and they tell you what they're trying to do, you need to be taxing uh, these brands for that because they will take advantage of you. No, seriously, they will take advantage of you, bro. Yeah. So that's just something I want to talk on, but I'm going to be making a video in more detail about that. Okay, cool, cool. And we got your Instagram up here. They can see it. It's right below you here. Make sure you guys go follow Brandon. And Brandon, just pitch uh, where they can follow you, how they can follow Mass Night, how they can learn everything about uh, becoming an influencer and making money and making sure these brands don't take care of them. And how can we grab uh, your course today? Okay. Uh, you guys can follow me, uh, Brandon Mitch. That's B-R-A-N-D-E-N, Mitch, M-I-T-C-H. Um, I have my uh, my website up well, I actually took that down. It's not on there. I'll actually let you guys know that. But in my bio right now, I actually have a, a social media influencer blueprint course that I'm actually uh, putting out. And that's actually in my bio. If you're actually looking for the link for that, it's actually um, influencer slash blueprint um, dot com. You guys can find that there. I actually have a website as well. And that's brandonmitch.com. And you guys can go there. You guys can see, you know, my portfolio, kind of get a feel for who I am, what I've done there. Um, if you're looking for more information about the course, there's actually a tab there and it'll give you a lot more information on the course. And it'll take you actually directly to the site. Um, there's actually an um, example or I'm um, sorry, a preview course of the preview of the course you can actually watch. So a free lesson. So check that out, too, on the uh, website. And yeah, you can find me there. There it is. There it is. Thanks, man. Thanks for hopping on. We went uh, about 10 minutes over. Uh, All good. But um, I just want to say thank you for hopping on. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure you go grab his course. I'm gonna grab it. Um, yo, if there's ways to get some money out here. And one thing I've learned working with businesses and speaking all over the world, these brands have crazy budgets. <laughs> Dumb budgets. They'll pay you 10,000, 20,000, a hundred thousand because you're able to bring in more value than them spending a hundred thousand for a few seconds on a commercials so uh this is extremely important make sure you guys go follow brandon here is his page uh reach out dm him ask him any questions you have about his course thank you guys um we we hope you enjoyed this show as much as we enjoyed making it for you till next time always remember to be yourself thanks brandon i appreciate you brother thanks for having me man all right bro all right you ready welcome to the success code where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code. Success code. Success code.